Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How do the Cavs hang with the Warriors for three quarters? What does a 2-0 lead mean for the series? Are there any adjustments the Cavs can make? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show slash podcast slash beef session with the NBA with Dave Dufour NBA at Dave Dufour NBA at whatever you are at with Dave. Uh, Dave, thanks for joining us. We have game two under our belts right now. It is now two love. All right, that's probably a bad choice of words. It's 2-0 uh, in the Warriors' favor. And I think you have an immediate reaction. Yeah, uh, the refereeing is fine. I mean, <laughs> have there been missed calls? Yes, there have been missed calls all season. But th- this notion that this is rigged, it makes absolutely no sense. It's, it's a completely, just the most ridiculous argument of all time. Everyone stands to lose if it was actually rigged. Not to mention, what are they rigging it for? For the Warriors to win in four games so everyone loses money? It's, it's just an absolutely dumb argument, and I am so sick of – like, it's tough to be on Twitter right now during games, which is usually fun because all anyone wants to talk about is refereeing, right? Like, let's talk about the game. I, that's what I want to talk to, to you about tonight. I want to talk about the game. Well, here's the thing. I think that the rigging thing is just sort of like, I'm upset, my team didn't get calls, and I'm just sort of using a blanket, you know, hyperbolic term, I I think. I mean, I don't really think, because obviously you're right. If this was uh, rigged, then they would make sure that the Cavaliers won at least one game in Golden State. That kind of guarantees you probably six games. Um, so, so that's the, that's where we're at here, you know, and I, by the way, I don't think that there was that many calls. I thought there was a little bit physical on LeBron in the fourth quarter. They didn't call, but LeBron is also instigating, uh, but there's no question we could find calls that went against the Warriors as well, that, uh, that they would have legitimate beef. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, Steph Curry on the foul on the three, um, you know, uh, now that again, look, all right. So Steph, there was the foul, uh, in transition when Steph undercut LeBron. And now he was bumped into it, but, you know, still, uh, he undercut him. Um, there was uh, the weird jump ball between Curry and, and George Hill where Curry, you know, really didn't even get a hand on the ball. That uh, was a very quick call. Yeah. Um, but then there was one where it probably should have been a jump ball with Draymond and Tristan Thompson, but they called a foul. You know, it, it's fine. Look, man, like, I, I just – they're human beings. They're going to miss stuff. And right. I think that I, I think one solution is to go back to old school, uh, terrible uh, footage, right? So like, let's go to grainy video footage so we can't see all the missed calls. I, I think that's the only way to solve this, <laughs> right? Yeah, I get rid of the two minute report at the end. That's also a, b- yeah. a waste of time. It um, is a waste of time. Yeah, they can't change anything. All you're doing is pointing out, you know, the calls that they miss, but they've always missed calls, right? And and 
I mean, I'm not saying we should. They shouldn't be trying to get better. They absolutely should. And I think one of the things they need to do this summer is they need to go ahead and add the fourth ref. I think that will help quite a bit. I mean, you know, these are the best athletes on earth, and they're huge, and they're running fast, and like it's easy to miss stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these, from the angle we get on television, it looks like a no brainer, especially when you get the replay, which completely by uh, you know creates a bias in your mind as to what happens. Yeah, sort of like the the KD. LeBron uh, charge block call from game one in real time. It looked like a chart. I thought it was a charge. I was like, wow, that's a great call. Uh, and then you see the replay and you see that it was actually clearly a block. Like LeBron got in, you know, just late and it was a block. So, right. you know, and, and we, don't, you know, they don't get that benefit in real time. Um, right. So, you know, it just, I don't know, man, I, I just get, get a little tired of it. The reason that the, the Cavs lost game one wasn't because of the refs. There were 30 other reasons. Mm-hmm. And the reason they lost tonight had nothing to do with the refs. Um, I don't know how the refs, you know, spot the Warriors 20 points or whatever. So yeah. it, it's just, you know, let's talk about the game. Because right. these games are fun, man. Like tonight even was a really good game. Yeah. It was really good and really impressive by the Cavs. I thought for sure that they were going to come out flat and, you know, sort of hung over from the last game and how they blew their chance and just get blown out of the gym. And it, it looked that way from the offensive end of the Warriors. They were, they didn't miss. I don't, they missed like, like three shots the first quarter, whatever that was. It was insane. And yet the Cavaliers were right there with them with a nice mixture of sort of just bad turnovers by the Warriors again. I got, we'll check in a minute how many they had in that first quarter, but it was enough to be frustrating. Uh, on there on the Warriors side, just because they, I don't know how how forced or unforced they were, but um, but the Cavaliers again are, are hanging with them. But I think what we're taking away from this is, and I don't want this to sound sound too much of a downer, but it's like I, I, the Warriors are probably about twelve to fourteen points better than the Cavaliers, right? I mean, I think that's just sort of the fact. Absolutely, and, and kudos to the, to the Cavs for being able to hang around. I mean, they withstood every single punch that the that the Warriors threw at them. For three and a half quarters, just about. Well, maybe let's let's call it three full quarters. Yeah. They just hung in there. Every time the Warriors get the lead up to 12, 13, it seemed like it was back down to six or seven. And, and, and you know, that's really tough to do, especially since, you know, Cleveland doesn't really have anybody outside of LeBron and Kevin Love. Um, tonight, their, their role players just weren't very good. Um, Tristan Thompson only had six boards. Uh, George Hill was okay, but still, you know, only 15 points, three of six from three. And so that helps, but missed a few that were just wide open. Mm-hmm. J.R. Smith, you know, hit two shots early and then didn't hit a shot from like halfway through the first quarter through the rest of the game. And, you know, those Jordan Clarkson minutes comp- continue to be black holes for the Cavs. So it's just, you know, it, it just, I don't know, man. It, it's amazing that they've been able to do this. Credit to Ty Lue. His adjustments have been really good. Actually, in the game, he's been making changes, timely subs. Um, and, you know, Le- LeBron even came out, a, like we talked about, uh, the rest of the team coming out a little flat. He came out a little flat. He wasn't looking confident in his jump shot. He wasn't walking into him like he was in game one. And, um, you know, but then he you know, he bounced back, and he's LeBron. I mean, he had like 15 at halftime, and I was like, right. God, I feel like well, he's having a bad game. Well, let's talk a little bit about what they were doing differently on defense, which was doubling him on the pick and roll. And I think we talked about it. Maybe our last show got a little bit screwy, but uh, I've been saying that they need to double, get it out of his hands, make anybody else a playmaker. That said, it didn't. It was sort of mixed results. I, you know, Tristan Thompson just short rolled and like got a nice little layup or dish or whatever. He looked like Draymond Green on that play. Uh, then they come down, and they they miss the layup on a good defensive recovery, but clearly uh, Cleveland is ready for it. But even 
even still, um, to get it out of uh, LeBron's hands like that, I think it's got to be a win-win every time down for the Warriors. Absolutely. They, I thought they did a great job throwing multiple bodies at LeBron. And and he was able to split the double a couple of times, but then, you know, his teammates kind of let him down. And, and this is, you know, this has sort of been the story of the Cavs postseason. Like, they have one guy they can trust to show up every game. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard to win that way. I mean, again, like, it's amazing they made the finals. Right. And you want to say, you know, your teammates can't make every shot. Even, you know, even, right. even the best shooters don't make every shot when they're wide open like that. But, you know, J.R. Smith was one for four from three. And, you know, he should have been, you know, two for four. And Jeff Green was 0 for two. But now he's open for a reason. But either way, yeah, it's always a win when you can get it out of his hands. So I think that that's got to be the blueprint going forward is just double him. And because this is not just like uh, an average defense, this is doubling him. And then you got three guys back there that can scramble and cover and you know if Iguodala comes back then they're really going to be in trouble because now they can get you know just imagine that let's just say it's Steph Curry is involved which it normally is he doubles LeBron with let's just say it's you know Looney okay who do you have back there Draymond KD and Iguodala like that's a great odds for the Warriors every time down yeah I agree I mean it's it it, this is a this is a tough matchup And, and and the lack of wings in Cleveland is not helping. You know, Rodney Hood not being able to get his butt off the bench. Uh, Chetty Osmond not being able to get in the game. Like These are things that you and I didn't expect, you know, when we were talking about this this team midseason. So, um, you know, it's an uphill battle. It's going to be an uphill battle anyway. The Warriors are just an amazing team. They're the best team in the league, so much so that people think they broke the sport. Uh, you know, so we shouldn't be shocked that, that Cleveland's kind of struggling. Right. Well, I kind of want to turn to the uh, comments to see if we have some questions out here just because we have so many people here in the chat. Um, and uh, let's see here. Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy don't often actually know what a foul is either. <laughs> yeah, it, it was interesting. A couple of times I was like, Jeff Van Gundy was saying some stuff that made me kind of just shake my head and be like, what are you talking about? But he does have a good taste in music on the way out to the commercial. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. Um Let's see here. Love did play really well. Uh, MKSVSNG wanted to say, what the hell are you talking about? Love is doing great. And he did. That's what we said. Yes. Now, yeah. let me just say this. He was terrible in the first quarter on defense. Right. And he wasn't scoring then. And I had tweeted out saying, you're going to have to yank him because you can't afford to have a guy out there who's not, you know, scoring, you know, eight or nine points in the quarter and giving up 10 points in the quarter. But he did get, you know, he was actually very good. Curry... I don't know. I don't know where he pulled some of those shots out uh, off his butt, and he had that one on on Love that Love was just right in his face. He deflected the dribble and right at the the buzzer. Uh, and I guess that's what happened. I guess I guess you need to have that kind of luck uh, when you break the record for threes in the finals. Yeah, I mean that the end of uh, shot clock deep three that he. I mean he almost hit the rafters with it. You know it's. Uh... Yeah, I mean, he, Steph is Steph, and he and he's incredible. He's been doing a really good job at relocating after giving up the ball, uh, hitting the corner and, and losing his man. And he only needs, you know, a half a second to get that shot off. So, um, you know, it's it's nice to see him looking more like the Steph Curry we're used to, right? Like, yeah. you know, ra- rather than the way he looked early in the Houston series and, and you know, in that Pelican series. Right. You can see a lot of bounce in his step, and he's getting by guys and getting in the lane. I mean, you know, he, he's going to struggle finishing sometimes against contact among the trees, but um, he's still, he, you know, he was he looked much closer to his normal self. Dan uh, Daniel Media has a great question. Do you see Cleveland making any changes to the rotation for Game 3? Now, we, they, he was seeing Tyron Lue mess with the uh, lineups and starters uh, quite a bit in the playoffs. So what do you think? I mean, maybe he gives 
Chetty or Rodney Hood a shot. You know, and, at some and of the those starting Clarks. lineup. Well, I don't know about the starting lineup, but maybe he gives him a shot in some of those Clarkson minutes. Uh, you know, if we're talking about just rotation changes, I doubt he changes the starting lineup. I mean, Kevin Love has been really good, and uh, Jeff Green has been fine, but not good enough to supplant Kevin Love. And you have to have Tristan Thompson in there because that's actually, you know, he's a he's a positive contributor, whether it's setting screens or on the glass. Where you know, early on in this game, it's it felt like Golden State couldn't keep him off the glass. And then, you know, for him to only wind up with six boards, that, you know, that's pretty telling. Oh, my God. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Oh, you're talking about Tristan Thompson? I see five boards, and Nance had six. Okay, right. Yeah. No, that that was interesting. Um, and actually, overall rebounds, the Cavaliers had 42, and the uh, Warriors had 41. And so, you know, when they went 15 for 36, the Warriors did from three, which is about 42%, and the Cavaliers went nine for 27, 33%. So when the Warriors get six more threes than you do, you know, you could get out rebounded. They could get out rebounded. They could turn the ball over a whole lot and still end up winning by a comfortable margin. It's a, it's that's one of those keys. And speaking of comfortable margins, I want to talk about my first job out of college for a second. I wanted to work on the movie Richie Rich that was filming in Chicago, so I wandered into the location manager's office. He had a stack of resumes at least 200 thick. I asked him if he was hiring. He took one look at the resumes, another look at me, then hired me on the spot. It was just as easy as using ZipRecruiter is now. It's the best place to connect growing businesses with qualified candidates by visiting ZipRecruiter.com slash breakdown. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. They've got powerful matching technology, scanning thousands of resumes to identify just the right candidates so you never miss a match. Did you know 80% of employers find a quality candidate on the first day? With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash breakdown. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, we got a question uh, um, in the chat from uh, Studa Baking. Uh, why is Livingston getting so many layups? I actually pointed this out. I tweeted about this. Uh, he really so they've been doing a good job of slipping those pin downs, mm-hmm. and Livingston is is just I mean he's a master at it, and so that's how he keeps getting those little open looks toward the basket. Um, but what did you see tonight? Like, did, did you see the, the the how many how many times they were slipping every screen? It yeah. felt like the Warriors. That was what they were looking to do to combat the switching. For sure. It's, a, it's the best way to deal with that. With JaVale McGee, the first play of the game, slips the ball screen right away. Boop, they hit him with a dunk, and he was a revelation. We haven't even mentioned JaVale in all of this. We kind of forgot about him because you know all his fireworks were in the first half. But, uh, again, the guy doesn't play. It kind of makes you wonder, like, why the heck didn't Steve Kerr give him some run in the Rockets series? It might have really, really helped. I know he was afraid to put him in the pick and roll, but, geez, uh, the 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 – Here's what's interesting. The Cavaliers are now conflicted because you put him in there. Well, wait, we want to get Curry in the pick and roll, but no, we now we want to get JaVale. It's like it's confusing to them. They don't know who to attack. And meanwhile, you know, JaVale was thwarting shots and was scaring guys from shooting floaters. Uh, and when you have that kind of uh, presence in there, I mean, the, the it's not fair. Like that, this is That's when the Warriors were most unfair, I felt like, when he was in there doing that. Yeah. Um, and then someone did ask us about, about JaVale and... You know, it's one of my favorite things is that JaVale actually uses his height. 
there was a there was a post entry pass, uh, and George Hill did a good job of getting in front and defending it. And JaVale just jumps up and reaches over him and grabs the ball. And yeah. there's actually not a lot of bigs that do that. Capella is another one. He does a pretty good job of that when he's right. got a mismatch like that. And I just think that's something that the Warriors have missed. You yeah. know, they, you know, playing Draymond so much at center and then Durant doesn't really play like that. They think that having that dimension and being able to go to that has, has been huge for them. And plus, they love, to, they love to toss those lobs and it gets them going. Yeah. You know, like it really fires them up. And I think we saw that early on in this one. Like you said, they fed off that JaVale dunk to open the game. And then we saw them have one of the better third quarters that they've had in the playoffs, at least offensively. They weren't defending at all. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think that I, we're probably going to see JaVale continue to start. Yeah. Now, by the way, the beauty of the Warriors offense now, I mentioned that in the tweet and I had a nice little video, was that um, the default flow offense is always setting pin downs for Kevin Durant on the weak side or he set, him setting the, the pin down, which triggers an automatic uh, switch. And generally, it's with Durant and a guard. So you, we keep seeing this the entire game where Durant's got Hill guarding him or Durant's got J.R. Smith guarding him and he's out on the low and he just doesn't turn around and scores right over them. Uh, it's terrible because the Cavaliers have not adjusted to this. It's They're like kind of lazy switches. They don't have to switch those that easily. And uh, if they don't do something about that, then it won't matter what anything else they do. Because they're gonna get, they're gonna give Kevin Durant easy shots, and we saw he was seven for nine to start. Uh, it's worthy of just kind of quickly checking to see what he finished with. He was ten for fourteen, and and, and I would say of those ten, six of those were just over a little guy. Would you say? Yeah, and and he was feeling himself in the mid range, and I thought I thought this was the best that Kerr has done in the last nine games for them as far as mixing up that. Beautiful offense that they love to run, feeding off of Curry and making sure that KD get those gets those ISO touches. And, and tonight we saw it. This was the most engaged we've seen KD uh, in a few games as well. I mean, he was actually active on defense. Did a really good job on LeBron when he was one on one, and you know was was actually putting a body on guys like, on the glass. So uh, what did he wind up with? Nine boards, yeah, and seven assists. May- was making the right play, and I think that's so important for him. And winding up 10 of 14 for 26 points, that's the sort of KD efficiency we're used to seeing. I mean, 10 of 14 obviously is you know, yeah. fantastic, but um, that sort of game. That Remember last year in the playoffs, that he felt like they were at their best, yeah. where he was close to that triple-double range. Meaning he was doing a lot of stuff. He was active right. in a lot of ways. But but he was right. he was playing a little bit more like a role player then, and then even tonight, just letting the offense work for him. I think he had like one of those bad threes that you're like, oh, is he going to revert? And he didn't. So it was it's very encouraging for the Warriors side that he looked at the film. I think they even mentioned he did and like got a sense of what the shots were that he was taking that were bad, and just basically eliminated them. Um, so the, yeah, I mean they're they're unbeatable when you get you know Curry had 33 and he was the best player I thought, although he didn't shoot that well 11 for 26 from the field but 9 for 17 from 3 so you, you know the the Cavaliers were having some success driving off that line getting him into the big bodies ping-ponging a little bit and he wasn't finishing he doesn't jump very well so he's not going to finish those a lot of the time in traffic uh, but as we saw he drives he kind of dishes or whatever and then gets right back out to that line for threes it's a uh, it's a really good lesson for you know any kind of young player who wants to learn how to get more threes off that's how you do it so uh, let's keep going do any uh, let's see any questions we can grab here from well yeah someone someone asked uh and i missed the who it is um why the Cavs didn't attack clay thompson more given the ankle injury and you know i actually thought they did um anytime he got caught in a post-up mismatch on tristan thompson felt like they were trying to get thompson the ball 
Um, we saw that they actually went up, I think, once. Uh, they called a foul on, on Tristan Tom- or Clay Thompson. Um, but Thompson actually looked good, right? Like, I mean, obviously they, they were worried about the ankle, but he looked fine out there. I mean, you know, uh, hitting that first three uh, with a hand in his face um, looked fine. Uh, I don't think – hopefully it's not an issue going forward. And, you know, I guess the big question mark now is, are, are we going to get Iguodala at all in this series? Right, and if they need him. By the way, it, I think it's miraculous that he came back in that game one and that he seems to be without, you know, too much trouble playing well. Uh, you know, luckily, somehow he was able to rip his foot off of the ground at the last second before it got pinned. Uh, and that's a thing, by the way, that you can kind of train, right? Like, as you feel it, if you have enough presence of mind and it's trained, you know, get that foot off the ground if you can. Um, and he had the other foot free, which is the other uh, key there. If you had both feet kind of wrapped up then all of a sudden you're screwed so uh really miraculous and he did play he did play well i just kind of wanted to check uh what, what did he shoot let's see here uh the box score for clay thompson was oh yeah eight for 13 three for eight from three uh a cool 20 points so kind they were humming on all cylinders clay thompson game yeah actually and you know his uh he hit a couple shots off the dribble a couple of tough ones yeah um, that one Mid-range. pull up three pull up three oh. in transition um yeah man that just felt and i knew it was coming and that just felt demoralizing when he hit it. But then again, man, the Cavs, they just were able to withstand these punches all night and then they just ran out of gas. Yeah, yeah, that, that is true too. I mean, Le- LeBron looks like he ran out of gas as well. And we were seeing that, you know, the, the criticism of him, you know, being able to get Curry on him and he can just go right by him. That was true. We saw that. But in overtime last game and then in this game, there were some stops they got in that fourth quarter when they needed them. Uh, as a gang, you know, they just they just completely will gang up on LeBron on that one. So it's not just Curry, you know, stopping him. But uh, yeah, it's it's not the best recipe. I don't even know what what the solution is going to be. But we said in my in my video breakdown of game one, like they're simply going to need LeBron. LeBron to have you know some of the all-time great offensive outputs in the NBA Finals to to be competitive, he didn't really give him that tonight, and that's why they lost uh, you know by so much. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know, man. It's tough. Uh, or how are you feeling? Are you do you, do you think the Warriors finish out the sweep? Oh Cleveland? yeah, right. Now we're back because I I kept saying six, and like you know what I mean. Like they should have had Game One, the Cavs. Yeah, um, they, they they were competitive, although, you know, I, I expected this to be a blowout. So, you know, I think that they get at least one. So now you're talking about closing out in game five in Oracle, which is probably, you know, barring, you know, uh, a nut punch and whatnot. whatnot um, right. You know, you can imagine they would the, the Warriors would win that at home. So, yeah, maybe I downgrade it to a, a, a Warriors at five instead of Warriors at six. What do you think? I Well, I originally said it was going to be four or five. You know, I think it should be four, um, but... It's tough to, I mean, it's just tough to go against LeBron, you know, like he, he's just so incredible. Um, but with, with the way that Golden State is sort of locking up all of the, mm-hmm. the role players outside of George Hill, I well, don't know, man. Let's talk about that. We have a good question here uh, about Kyle Korver from bacon, mayo, tomato. I don't like the mayo, but I'll take the bacon and tomato. Why is Korver not getting shots? Uh, he was 0 for 3 0 and 0 for 1 from 3. So he actually took twice as many shots from two-point land as he does from three, which is rare. Um, he played 17 minutes, negative 18, which is uh, almost actually is a, a team-leading negative 18 in the wrong way. Um, dude can't get 20 minutes in the game. doesn't matter what happens or how. They cannot get find him 20 minutes. What's the story here? Well, I think it has to do with defense. I don't think Ty Lue has any, any sort of confidence in how he can defend against the Warriors. I mean, we saw this last year in the finals. He, he just... You know he's almost unplayable at times, and you know twenty minutes is about the max you can you can withstand uh, mm-hmm. having him on the court because they're going to hunt him. 
Um, but but he's got to get up shots if he's going to be out there. The Warriors do a great job running him off the line, staying those screens off the ball. So you know, I, I just think they got to find ways to get him open. Whether it's you know maybe give him a double pin yeah. down, you know, like maybe stagger those pin downs, run him off some floppy something, right? Or or uh, remember just, have him back screen and then him pop out. You know, right. those are the things. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So they're not they're, they're simply not being uh, creative enough, and uh, it's a little too stagnant. You're right; they don't really have movement where they'd have dribble pitches and all all the kind of things on the one side while he's coming around. It's usually only stagnant ball being pounded on top and waiting for him and everyone's loading up on it it's really hard uh, they need to find some more of those things where and by the way they were letting him in love by the way have we even seen the love of Corver fun on the on the weak side i don't i haven't even i can't even picture no it. i haven't seen it once yeah I like, what the hell once yeah. You know, so that's, that's worthy. Of, I'm going to look through that tonight uh, in, the, in the footage because, yeah, like that, that's great stuff. And that would make it very hard for those guys to defend. Um, I don't even know if he's even that much worse than like, you know, J.R. Smith isn't great on defense out there. And yet he's getting, let me see, J.R. Smith gets, um, you know, 31 minutes. Like, take five minutes off there and give those to Kyle Korver and see what happens. I mean, it just is beyond me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anything else here? It's not ideal. Uh, let's see. Would Monte Ellis help or hurt the Cavs if you were playing for them right now? Dribble Kenshin asks. I mean, um, they have Jordan Clarkson. It's basically the same thing. Ooh. I mean, we only, all think, only, yeah. I think Monte would, would score. Yeah, Monte's better than, than Jordan Clarkson, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, not that he'd be like a Kyrie kind of guy, but he would give you right. he'd give you something. And, he's, and I mean, listen, Monte's a little bit old in the tooth now or long in the tooth. But, you know, there were moments in Monte's career where he was a bad man. I mean, you absolutely. Know. Sure. I yeah. mean, if we're saying peak if they're getting peak Monte Ellis. OK, yeah, yeah he, he'd be like the third best player on the team. Right. So if we're talking, by the way, the people are asking about Lou and, and what adjustments he would make. I mean, listen, the first thing you got to do is say, you know, I'm going to play Kyle Korver 25 minutes. So no matter what I do, I'm going to give him his, you know, uh, a seven minute run in between the first and second quarters across there. That's, you know, I don't know. However you break that out, give him another couple of minutes at the end of the half and then fill it out the rest of the way uh, in the second half, too, because I just think they need him. Now, Rodney Hood, everyone's kind of complaining about him not getting in there. Uh, I, there must be some residual issue to him not checking in the game uh, against the whatever that was. Well, I mean, he, he sort of quit on this team a yeah. while back. And, and I think people have forgotten that. And, you know, you, you have to wonder what the locker room dynamic is. You know, like, uh, is, this, is this more of a, well, not only is this guy not great, but also um, we're not sure if we actually want him around the team. You know what I mean? Um, it's uh, I don't know, man. Like again, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who was higher on Rodney Hood than me. And he just hello. Well, I know, and he just hasn't put it together. Um, despite having all the tools that you would want, aside from having short arms, um, you <laughs> okay. know, uh, yeah. I, I just uh, I don't know, man. I, I would at least give it a shot. Maybe he can guard KD some. You know, throw him out there and and just let him let him take a a swing at it. Somebody. Yeah. You got to try something. Yeah, put him at the, at the shooting guard so that he's the guy switching on to KD on those pin downs or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean that's a, that's it's worthy of trying something because obviously this this was the must win game for the Cavs. Now that they're down two love, I just doesn't feel like they're going to have a chance to win the series. And rather than wait till you're down three zero, 
you know, let's let's get some of the kitchen sink stuff out now and play with it at home. And what now? What you know, love will be, or sorry, hood will be a little bit more comfortable, perhaps. But um, yeah, it's tough, and that's why you know you can't really be so. I mean, I don't really know if it's it's because he didn't check in on that blowout, and, he, and, and that's an affront to the whole team. And I get it, but like this is the playoffs. These are men. You can't just sort of hold grudges for you know weeks and a month at a time. You gotta you know if you have something on the bench, you gotta you gotta use it. So um, yeah. Let's see here. Anything else we want to talk about? I mean, I'm looking for some questions here um, on the Periscope. Um, what must the Cavs do to win a game? I mean, we kind of talked about that. Official Rob32 asks. Um, I think they've got to come out more aggressively than they did in today's game. I think that's number one. They need to they need to not let the Warriors get going early like they did today. I mean, the Warriors started this game 7-7. Seven of seven. Need to see LeBron looking to actually score the ball. Like I thought, while I didn't think he could score 50 again, there's nothing to, to make me think he can't score 35-plus every single game in this series. I mean, he's averaging 34 in the playoffs. So tonight he puts up 29 on 20 shots. I'd like to see LeBron trying to take 30 shots. I mean, he, he's their best player by far. Mm-hmm. He, needs to, he needs to be trying to initiate more offense, especially early in the game when he's fresh. Yeah, um, and, and when he's hitting them, that again, that, that controls the tempo better for them. It makes him better on defense. So it's worthy of the idea to try that and see if you can't get him going early. Uh, yeah, aggressive in the post getting uh, Curry on him earlier. Now, here's the thing. In the first game, that worked for them so well. They didn't actually go to Curry uh, in, the, in the first half, almost not at all. They got, they got Curry with, like, J.R. Smith on him down low a little bit, but uh, they, they kind of switched, flipped the switch in the second half, um, and it did work for them in that game one. So there is a blueprint in theory, but I don't know. I mean, again... LeBron had the one of the. I, I think I argued that in my video. He's that that could very well be the the greatest offensive performance we've ever seen in the game one. Just incredible. Yeah, I mean, he was he was fantastic. So I mean, he, he had thirty three points on eleven shots at some point or something crazy like that. Yeah, it, it, he was nuts. And, and again, man, you just got to get past it. You're down two zero. You got to look for something. You got to figure something out. They got a few days off. That's going to be good. Um, I, I'm wondering when if they're flying to Cleveland, trying to get there tonight like kind of doing an overnight flight and, and giving them more time or if they're going to sleep in tonight and then and then head tomorrow. I mean, you know, I know like it's it sucks we don't have somebody who can talk about the science of rest right now because uh, I think that that's super important, especially when you're looking at LeBron. Yeah. I think at this point in the season, he's up over 100 games. He's played like 800 more minutes than anybody else in the league. I mean, it, it's pretty incredible what he's been doing. Yeah, um, You well, can't help but to be tired. Um so, you know, yeah. you'll get no LeBron slander from me uh-huh. on this. Well, and by the way, the, the whole notion of him, like, you know, not shooting that last shot, it, it, you know, I was defending him on Twitter all day today about uh, he's consistently made the, the right play down the stretch. No matter if it meant him not taking that last shot, it, was, it didn't matter to him. And I, I have always admired that from him. Make Humanity Great Again has a great uh, comment here where he says, Jabron, Jabron, uh, LeBron has to start moving the ball if he wants to win. He puts his teammates to sleep and the necessary pre- unnecessary pressure situation with all of his ISO, um, I, I, there is something to that, but that's not going to change. It simply is not how the Cavaliers operate their offense. He needs to yeah. dominate. He needs to control everything, and that basically means that he doesn't. He won't move much, which is unfortunate because I agree with that. If he were to get moving more in the offense, that his gravity would pull a lot of that defensive stuff out of position. And again, it, it wouldn't necessarily matter against a lot of teams. But you're talking about like this Warriors defense has got to be the best defense in the league. I know they weren't number one or close number one defensive rating uh, in the regular season, but they. They've turned it up and they rotate yeah. better than anybody I've seen. Even better. Well, than they mailed it in. They mailed it in for so much of the regular season, and and you know, so did the Cavs, by the way. And this is this is you know something that you and I, I'm sure, we'll talk about this summer when we start making predictions after free agency. But it's getting harder and harder 
to sort of predict what's going to happen in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I mean, yes, we we all predicted Cavs Warriors, but the route they took to get here, um, mm-hmm. you know, like the, with the Cavs actually stepping up their defensive effort, it helped that they played teams that struggled to shoot. Um, but but they stepped up their defensive effort after being terrible during the regular season. And then the Warriors, you know, where people were looking at the numbers and saying, "Wow, has their has their defense really slipped?" And no, it hasn't. They just right. don't care enough in the in the regular season. So um, I think that you know that's actually takes me to my next point in game three the Cavs could could take advantage if we get one of these warriors lackadaisical you know i don't really care i can play around and still win if we get that in game three that's i mean that's what we got last year you know that coupled with the Cavs hitting i don't know it was uh was it 25 threes in the game the new playoff record or whatever that's what it took yeah and, and and so I mean, there is a there is a route to to a victory here. Um, I just don't see this going more than more than five, mm-hmm. and um, you know I definitely don't see the Warriors you know losing two in a row. I, I think that would just be incredible. I, and you know it's unfortunate, man, because like the Cavs really they've shown me a lot in the last two games, and and I've been, it's it's been fun to watch. So yeah, you know. they, they they've been entertaining in good games at least. You know this one was good. It was almost like oh we're gonna go down to the wire again, and didn't quite play out that way but certainly uh, it was worthy of the first three quarters of watching uh, interesting question here as we start to wrap up a little bit here we got Luan No asks does LeBron injury such as his eye plus the physical contact affect him very much what about the eye it's obviously bloodshot he obviously got a serious gouge uh, by the finger which we I, I we said in our breakdown with Ronnie Nunn that it was it looked intentional did not look like a, a natural basketball play to me um, what do you think have you ever had experience with that kind of eye injury I mean, I've been poked in the eye, just like any anyone else. I mean, and here's here's the thing about human beings: no one has tough eyeballs, right? Like right. <laughs> it is just they're they're a super sensitive. That's a super sensitive organ. You get hit in the eye, you're going to struggle, and especially as severely as that that injury looks. You know, when you just look at it, and and his jumper definitely fell off after that. You know, like maybe he's not confident shooting. Maybe he's got having some vision problems. Right. But I think the fatigue is the bigger thing. You know. The, the Warriors, especially tonight, I, I said that, you know, sending doubles. They, they triple teamed him once. You know, they were sending so many guys at him. They were looking to wear him down. And he looked tired from the jump, but he looked more tired in the late third and early fourth than I've seen right. all playoffs. So I think fatigue is the number one factor for LeBron right now. And they gotta, you know, they gotta hope that the next few days they can get a rest and, and get him back something close to 100. percent Sure. Um, in the layoff between Game Three and Game Four, they only get one day off. So, right. You know, it's you know, it'd be short lived if if he does bounce back. Right. So, Game Three loss in, in you know in Cleveland, if the Cavaliers lose that one, it's then it's a sweep because you have to imagine that that's going to be the Game Four is going to be a game where LeBron's going to be a little bit more fatigued, even more so. Um, by the way, I have a quick question out there to throw out there, a little quick poll. Um, we're gonna. This is an early night tonight, so I could release this as a podcast right away. I'm just kind of curious if anyone feels like they would want to get it right away, or do I release it fresh in the morning at like 5 a.m. East East Coast time for you guys for to hear the whole thing in case maybe you haven't heard the whole thing on Periscope or, or uh, YouTube. So let me know what you think. Uh, what do you think on that one? As we answer a couple more questions, so uh, let's see. Rented Plum asks, why didn't Cleveland run more pinch post action for Love? It seemed to work when they did use it. So the one thing that they were doing certainly on offense is getting LeBron at the elbow and then they're splitting off that in the corner. That works really well. It's their bread and butter. They run it all the time. Um, you know, they, they rarely do. They'll, they'll do it with love when LeBron is out. 
And let's quickly cut to the uh, the box score. Where LeBron played 43 minutes, actually almost 44 minutes. And I don't know if Love was in there. Is it safe to say Love was in there for the other four minutes that he was out? I think so. Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay, so he's probably got four minutes <laughs> across the entire game where maybe, you know, there's probably three possessions there, right? Maybe a fourth possession they can get out of that where he can get there. It, it's a real problem. And um, yeah. he deserves certainly more elbow touches without question. Absolutely. And, you know, you saw tonight when he was aggressive out there without LeBron looking to score, you know, getting guys to bite on the pump fake and then actually putting the ball on the floor and going to the hoop. Um, that's that's good Kevin Love offense. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so we keep getting this question. And so, like, I just think maybe, let's address it. You know, people asking if if they should start Chetty, if they should start whoever or play someone more like when I say throw Rodney Hood out there, I just mean, like, see if it see if there's anything there. Uh, the truth is. I'm assuming Ty Lue kind of has a, a handle on who the best players on his team are. This is not a stacked team, right? The Cavs are, are they're just not stacked, right? Like this is not the Warriors. Um, as far as like having having like four or five all stars. Mm-hmm. Um I like J.R. Smith is probably a better player for this series than than Chetty Osman is, just with experience and, and athleticism and his ability to hit a shot. Right. So so like no, I don't I don't think that they should start Chetty Osman over J.R. Smith. I think that right now, like the Cavs just giving their limitations are probably running out their best starting lineup. You could argue maybe you trade offense for defense with Jeff Green, but I just think Kevin Love has been really good, and I wouldn't I wouldn't take him out of the starting lineup. So yeah, and I agree with the notion that you know it's not it wouldn't be fair to Chetty to to start him having not really played at all and like throw him out there. It's that would just be, you know, I mean who I mean and who knows if he did well that'd be great, but that just seems like a, a no win situation for him. Um, we have a, let's see there's in our YouTube chat we have these uh, you know these big uh, people somehow are commenting with a big b-ball breakdown orange thing that catches my eye not sure how why they're doing that but let's give them some more love i see one here where it says as i scroll down because i just said here it goes uh no personnel change is going to change a deficit in effectiveness of playing style uh, okay that's make humanity great again another great point which is basically what i was saying earlier which is that the cavaliers are basically you know they're 12 to 14 points worse than the the warriors and we will see that deficit you know in the, if they play 100 times right the warriors will win between 12 and 20 point whatever it is you know 80 of those times i'd imagine right yeah probably and that's and that's probably right 20 percent of the time i don't even know anyway right. um Okay, so anything else we can grab here as we start to wrap up our show, which has been a fantastic and wildly successful uh, endeavor? Uh, no, I think we're good, man. I like let's, let's just game three. Oh. What's your what's your prediction? Really what you quickly got? though, Gabriel oh. Sturdy says uh, we want to talk about the lack of timeouts hurting them in the fourth quarter during the Warriors' run, which is the reason why they didn't have them is because they were worried about the third quarter runs, right? And you want right. to be able to stop them as is, and, and it worked uh, at least in the third. Um, it's a it's a tough balancing act, and we saw there was an article somewhere somebody about you know talking about how uh, you got to use your timeouts against the Warriors because if you let them do that run, then you're in, then you're dead anyway. You're dead in the first quarter if you let them do it. Um, and you know as it showed out today, it did matter they didn't have them. So yeah, and and that's a by the way Popovich does that against the Warriors where you know he'll, he'll call those quick timeouts. Curry hits a couple threes or Curry hits a three in transition. Pop likes to call that timeout. Because he yeah. knows that the Warriors in those third quarters, they're they're feeding off of those made Curry threes. So, yeah, we we this is not like a new strategy, and I you know, and it backfired tonight. Yeah, but oh, but it worked. 
and, for and, what they were trying to do. And by the way, as as one of the son points pointed out, and he is absolutely right, and I screwed that up. LeBron didn't come out until the very end of the game when they when they waved the white their white flag. So without question, that they can't do that. Like they're not going to right. win if he plays every minute all the way through because he'll yeah. he would conk out at the end of the game if he tried that anyway. I know they're trying to stave off the run, but um, no way that LeBron could play forty eight and they can win. I, I don't right. I don't, I don't think that's feasible. I mean, I mean, I don't know. If it was a game seven and he's, who, you know, whatever. Right. But I don't but, know. Um, I, I've, I've learned not to doubt that man. Like, that dude is just yeah. incredible. Yeah. yeah. You wanted to make a, a point, though, a final point before I Oh, I, I just want to say, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm predicting game three, I'd say that probably pretty similar to tonight. I, I just think that this is sort of what this series is at this point. But, you know, a lot of respect for what Cleveland's been doing and, and their – I don't know, man. Like it, it's been—I hate to use the term "gutty," but it's been very like it's been yeah. gutty performances. You know, it, it like you said, they're the Warriors are probably a twelve to four, fourteen point better team, and every time the lead hit twelve, it felt like it was back down to seven in a couple of possessions. And and you know that's that gives you a chance to win. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, a couple of quick questions here. Jeff Tao says, can LeBron win MVP if they lose? If he didn't win it last year, he ain't going to win it this year. Nah. And he's not doing well enough. Uh, I mean, after the game one, maybe. But, yeah, it's not going to happen like that. Through it's got to be a seven-game series yeah. to lose. Through two games, this feels like it's Steph Curry's award. Remember, all yeah. these awards are narrative-driven as well. Yeah. Uh, but but I think this is going to be Steph Curry's uh, finals MVP. Right. Good call. Uh, refs tonight were fair, for sure. I mean, they were fair. They were fine. We talked about that at the top of the show. Ben Luxon wants to yell at me because uh, I was saying that Draymond's eye gouge was intentional. He wasn't angry with the call. He was angry because they didn't call a foul on Tristan Thompson, hooking him and pulling him out of the way, which caused him to be late. So by the time he got over there, he gets the foul. That's why he was mad they didn't call that. Not that he gouged him in the eye. Right. It was like, it shouldn't be a foul. Um, in fact, he might. that's why, maybe why he did it. He was mad because there was no foul, and then, boom, he hits him in the eye. So, right. uh, you know, he was not, Draymond was not classy at all about that. And we saw him call, you know, uh, LeBron a, the P word um, when we clearly saw that that was a severe injury that, you know, he, he had every right to react that way for yeah. it. So um, we'll have to see. But either way, uh, the other thing to watch out for in game three, though, is clearly uh, goading Draymond into getting kicked out. That's going to be the narrative, I think, going forwards from the, from the get go. He's riding that edge right now um, on that on that one play where LeBron maybe traveled, but they called uh, Draymond yeah. for a foul. Um, you know, he was very demonstrative. Now, I actually personally didn't have a problem with it because, you know, I, he was he was yelling for a travel and, you know, like he was making the gesture, but he wasn't I don't know. He didn't stomp at the ref, but but you you could definitely see like everyone yeah. could feel it on the court. You know, the Warriors start talking to him. So, um, yeah, that is something to watch out for. Yeah, and, and and to be watching for Tristan Thompson or somebody, maybe even LeBron, to to do something, you know, like like they did in game five, game four of the twenty sixteen finals, yeah. uh, and that's unfortunate, but this is the you know that's the reality. Like a lot of times, it's the only way they're going to win. In fact, that's how they did it in, in twenty sixteen. So uh, keep your eye on that. The referees are gonna better keep their eye on that. Hopefully, they send a good crew that is that knows how to officiate that kind of thing, and uh, nothing gets out of hand. So, well, speaking of getting out of hand, uh, I think this. Uh, this is definitely our, our most spirited, most energetic, best show we've had in the playoffs. Yeah, this is pretty good. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad at all. So thank you so much for everybody out there. On uh, By the way, Periscope says release it now. Everybody at YouTube says release it at 5 a.m. Uh, I don't know, man. What do you think, Dave? I would put it out 
I would put no. that now. Right, we yeah. got to beat everybody else. Okay. I'll, I mean, it's I'll, still going to be there at 5 a.m. for the people on YouTube. So that is true. Uh, All don't right, well, worry. That's it. Yeah. I'll release it in a minute. So stay tuned for that up on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever else you get podcasts. So we are there. And uh, Dave, again, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you guys for all the great questions across the board. A lot of people here today. We'll make sure we'll be back right back here after game three and game four and then whatever other games we might need. So uh, thank you for coming out. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Dave? Yes, I am. <laughs>